When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You have to believe that you can do something that nobody else has done. And somehow that concept has to become reality. Somebody's got to make a play to stop this draft. That last one, in fact, again, they push the pile for the first. You're listening to No Fly Zone Radio with Victor Green. Welcome to the No Fly Zone Radio Show. All the way from across the pond, here are your hosts, Biff Sweeney and Richard Tindley. Welcome to No Fly Zone Radio. This is episode number 177. I'm your host, Biff Sweeney, joined here by my draft tech analyst and good friend, Rich Tindley. Rich, the season is over for the Jets. Playoffs start next week, this week. But um, yeah, the Jets came up short. Well, I should say within a few weeks of the, the end of the NFL season, calendar season. But look, halfway through the season, player, certain players started to drop like flies. Um, the offensive line hurt the offense. In my eyes, because certain players went down, well, top players went down. Even during the off season, we Beckton went down. So you had Joe Douglas scrambling in the background for uh, free agents, left tackles. Brian Brown gave him a two-year for me. A guy that's nearly forty, too much money. And then Fant, Fant on the far side, he got injured, got pissed off because he got basically fucked from one side to the other side. He's now a free agent in March. You've got your centre as a free agent in March. There is a lot of trouble on that offensive line. Well, we've had a bad offensive line for probably a decade now, Ian, and you know, losing two guys off a bad line is not necessarily a a bad thing. Um, I think it has to be like for me as well. Yeah, like it's the number one priority this year. Like um, we were speaking a little bit about it off air. Like uh, you look at the kind of the rankings of the defense, like the as a unit over the last five six years, and we've been like twenty nine, thirty fourth, thirtieth. You know, we've been bottom five defense for five years, and we've no pass rush. We were losing in the trenches on defense. This year we started winning in the trenches on defense, and now we're a top five defense. Uh, so like that transformation, a big part of it is winning and dominating in the trenches. On offense, 
it has kind of been the same thing for the last decade. You know, um, we've struggled. Our, our O-line is, has been ranked probably bottom five, bottom ten for most of the last decade. Like this year, I think they uh, ranked 20th in um, pass block win percentage and 30th in run block win percentage. So they probably rank in around 25th, 26th this year. That's probably been a little bit kind now yeah like you said we did lose a lot of guys but you know like we've a bottom five offense again and I think the real thing we really need to do going into the off season and concentrate on is fixing the line because none of it else like the quarterback it doesn't really matter if you can't protect them like if you don't have a run game the, the old line we need to start dominating the trenches on that side of the ball and I think that's when you'll see our offensive rankings going up the board. Also, I suppose, um, like looking back in hindsight, Brees Hall was a huge loss this year. Like um, we were five and two with him. He was running the ball as good as anybody I've ever really seen coming into the league. Like he he's the kind of guy that gets you off your seat good, you know. He like and I think, yeah, like had he have been healthy for the full season, I think we'd actually be looking forward to a playoff game. That's how like valuable I think he was to this offense this year. And like when you look back at the excitement of the boys in the room when they realized that they got him on draft day, like you know, there was a reason for that there. Like a lot of it can be bravado, but you could see that was genuine that day. And you know, me and you both thought he was going to be a pretty special player coming into the league, and it turned out just like that, like. So his absence was a huge, huge loss. And obviously Tucker as well uh, during the season, like at the guard position, he played guard, right tackle, left tackle, I'm almost sure as well. Like he, he literally played every position on the line. And yeah, you know, he was holding things together a little bit because, you know, when we won against the Green Bay Packers and the Buffalo Bills, I thought our O-line held its own uh, in those games. And, you know, we kind of reaped the results. We 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 got um, Hall running the ball uh, well in a couple of games. There a lot, a lot of his runs were big breakaway runs where he did the damage himself. You know, and made a cut or two, and he took like a maybe an eight yard run for fifty eight yards. You know, it, so yeah, I think um, well, it's disappointing how it ended. I think there's a lot of positives to build on, and if we can fix that O line, you know, I think we become a contender next year. Yeah, just going back to the offensive line, um, I, I totally agree with you, what you said about like it's been a decade, probably plus. But do you look at Mark Sanchez? Mark Sanchez came in in, I oh, can't remember how many years it was. Uh, 2009, yeah. Yeah, right. He picked high in the draft. Personally, I didn't rate Sanchez he was an okay game manager like he came in as a rookie and done decent enough would you look at that offensive line it was one of the best in the league and like it protected him gave him time to read the field get the ball to his uh, receivers Zach Wilson you know White didn't have that time the pair of them were nearly killed it because of the offensive line you've got Becht in there which you know it's good to see him back in the locker room during the week. He looks streaming slim too. Yeah, he looks like he's got his head screwed on. And, oh, yeah. You know, a touch wood going into next year, he's going to be, you know, 
a great servant on the offensive line and can stay fit. Then you've got AVT. I think he's he's brilliant. Right? You've got McGovern's gone, should be gone. They need to replace him. Fans going to be gone. You've Tomlinson there on probably fifteen million. Cap hit next year, they can't get rid of him because you've Brown as well, another one year deal. I don't think they can get rid of him. And he's aged big time. Like he broke down halfway through the season. Fair play to him, he's kept going. So like Max Mitchell as well, he went out with clots in his leg. He'll be back hopefully. But like you've got questions there. What? But he looked pretty good in the in the limited time for just been new to the league as well. He looks like like he put down some stuff on tape that you can like kind of get excited about building on there. Like and while he may not be the fourth choice and he probably shouldn't be the fourth choice maybe just yet, but he he may well be too because like he did do some impressive things now. You, you know I I think this draft class like that is kind of one of the high highs of the season. Like regardless of how the win loss record is. Like, we got Sauce no, we got Garrett Wilson, we got Brees Hall. They're three absolute superstars in the making. You know, like, that's the kind of reality of how good that draft was. Then to add to that, you get Michael Clemens, who performed very well for his first year on the D-line. Blendon, lovely. Mitchell, the tape that he put down this year before he got injured as well, too. You know, like, the tight end was probably the disappointing one. But, again, that kind of looked like it was one of those fan-pleasing picks rather than like the best pick available. Lovely that he's here and that, and it's a great story for the media to pick up. And But you need to be drafting to get results. You, you, you shouldn't be drafting to please fans or the media. You should be drafting to, to win a Super Bowl, you know? Yeah, I, I, to be honest, Mitch, I like Rutgers. I liked them coming out of Ohio State. I thought it was a great pick, especially that spot. But not to give him the opportunity during the season to get on the field. Um, like you look at the likes of Seattle Seattle put out three and four tight ends at a time I like that there's times where you look you look at the defence and they need big bodies um, like for instance Rich there's a lot of players there I don't know if you'd bring them back or put them or whatever but you've got the likes of uh, Corey Davis and I've been thinking about it all week I wouldn't. I couldn't going into next or going into this season because he's on. He's going to be on a big cap hit if he stays. Ten million. In. Yeah, for a guy that hasn't played a full season for the Jets since he signed, like he's been a bit parked there. So look, I'd let him walk. Keep the cap. You use it on the offensive line. What about um, Lawson? Carl Lawson, he'd be a, a big cap saving of 15 million. Would you call him or bring him back? I'd, 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 I'd ask him to restructure, see what he says. He says no. Good luck. Because you've got Clemens there that showed me something this year. You've got JJ there, picked him in the first round, give him more time, bring back Huff, give him more snaps. The biggest thing I want to see the Jets do, I wouldn't bring Rankins back because like that, two seasons as well as Corey Davis, he's been a bit part player. When he has played, he's impacted. But availability is what I want to see. And he he hasn't been available like Corey Davis all the last two seasons. So 
for me, I'd let him walk, but they do need to bring in a couple of big guys for that the middle of that offense or that D line. <clears throat> Shepard, I'd let him walk as well. All right. Uh, yeah, I think uh, like. I think Lawson's kind of an up in the air one for me because uh, while he's a 15 million cap saving, he's also going to probably be an expensive guy to replace. Um, so that's probably why I would be a little bit 50-50 on him and probably look to restructure like you said yourself. The other thing with Lawson is he's after coming off a bad injury and he's he's not 22 or 25. I think he's, he's in around 28 to 29. So for me, I'd rather cut him and give more snaps to JJ and Clemens. Yeah, that's fair. Like, um, I, I suppose it's just um, you might need to actually cut Lawson to bring back Huff. So if the if the choice was Huff versus Lawson, you you would obviously bring back Huff yourself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, that's that's. I think that's that's fair. I think. Um, like for instance, so the likes of that year we grabbed Huff. He went undrafted, and he's a guy I was banging the table for to be drafted by the Jets. Yeah, I recall. Yeah, and like I just, I suppose moving forward with Huff, if we did bring him back, you kind of feel he, he needs to be a bit more active in terms of the amount of snaps he gets. Um, I know he gets limited snaps, and that could be why he is as effective as in the saving them for when the because of time when the part of the drive where the O line may get tired, and he's just that bit of speed off the line that can catch them out. So I get the way he's been used, and like you know, like the the coaches they get slammed quite a lot by the the fans there the last while, particularly not so much on defense, but particularly an offense, but like how, how they kind of used Huff, if that is the best way to use him, for them to be able to spot it and, and make him as effective as he is, is actually a really, really good job by the coaches. Yeah, what's your thoughts on the safety position? Because they brought in Whitehead. I like Whitehead, but he's not, he's not free safety. Um, and he's not a thumper safety. He's more like a, for me, a nickel safety. So you've got a couple of guys there hitting free agency as well. I, I wouldn't bring back. Um, what's your thoughts on the safety position? Because for me, if the Jets, like for instance, Jets are in the draft to pick offensive line or in the first round, I'd go safety in the second round and try and grab battle from um, uh, the Ohio or the um, Alabama. Well, what I would do, Ian, <laughs> and you know, I come out with some crazy stuff. Bryce oh. Hall, <laughs> Bryce Hall, I would convert him from a cornerback to a free safety. I think he'd use the tools and the skills to actually be fantastic <laughs> back there. He's certainly got the athletic ability to cover sideline to sideline. I'd actually love to see him uh, tr- be, be tried back there, particularly if we're not bringing Joyner back. And that could be a, make a big difference. Now, it could be a spectacular failure too. But but I would, like, you know, I, I'd like to see just him try it just to sort of, you know, take the boxing. Because, like, when you look at his tape in college, his recovery speed, all of it, 
the way he read the game. Like he picked off loads of passes in college. Uh, I think he had about six interceptions. He had the bad injury. And yeah, like there was a lot of quality was put in in front of him then over the last couple of years that, again, we saw him as like a second third round pick potentially that the year he came out and we got him, I think, in round five or six. So like, yeah, I wouldn't give up on him yet. I think there's a couple of other safeties there that I would get rid of first, like uh, Nazrin Adin, people like that would be a couple of million of a cap save. But yeah, yeah I would look at not That's giving up on him just yet and moving him to say, free safety. Yeah, Nazarene, I think, is a free agent this year. No, I think we were. Or maybe, yeah, because he, I, I, mean, I thought we had one more year with him. I think he's a free agent. I didn't know what was his name on the list. But yeah, I would have, like, you know, you know, as kind of experiments go, I wouldn't be opposed to watching it, like, even in training camp. Like, right, let's get him in with the guys. Let's let start learning them the free safety position. What's required? Because, like, if the Jets continue to have a good pass rush, he's kind of got the speed to sort of make up. Um, I suppose has the makeup speed for him to be able to keep his eyes a bit longer on on the quarterback, for him to read what side he's going, and I think uh, that could make a big big difference to to the Jets' defense in terms of in terms of turnovers next year. He's a free set or Nazarene is listed as a safety, but I think he's he's supposed to be a linebacker. He uh, yeah, he's a hybrid guy. Yeah, he's a free agent. Yeah. Oh no, I think he's a. You, you, we can cut him for something like two million or one point eight or something like that. I was nearly sure I seen he was still under contract. I just wasn't sure about Hall. Don't know if you can see that. All right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Oh, um, I think it maybe there's another guy. Let me just check because I. Is <laughs> a small. Um, yeah. Um, I suppose just the, the other question on defence, because uh, I, this is a story that's kind of just caught me attention over the last day, is um, both, I suppose, Quinn and Quincy Williams. Like Quincy Williams said he'd love to be brought back, but he's looking to be paid a fair deal. Uh, yeah, I suppose I wouldn't be opposed to bringing him back and something in around the five to six million a year range. I think he was a two million cap hit this year. I think if we keep him in the sort of five to six million range, that's kind of a fair price for him. Um, but I suppose it's kind of the 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 bigger question is Quinn Williams. Um, he's going into his fifth year, which we have a fifth year option that we exercised. But he's already come out and said that he may be looking for a new deal to turn up for OTAs and stuff like that next year and. You know, sort of my theory on things that if he's too big of a cap hit, I'd I'd let him. Well, I'd trade him. Uh, but I would be just wondering what your thoughts on that, Ian, is as regards maybe mostly giving Quincy another shot next year and what type of figure you'd bring him back at, and then on Quinn and uh, would you look at trying to get, like what type of figures do you think he's going to want? Would you give them him that type of money, or would you trade him, or you know? I, I'd like Quincy back, but I think you can find a guy to replace him if he's looking for too much money. Um, like the Jets have a lot of free agents or guys hitting free agents, but um, yeah, I'd like to I'd like to see him back because like he was going over at Jacksonville, 
the Jets picked him up and turned him into a player. And then, um, you know, you've got Quinn and Williams. I, I understand where you're coming from with the trade scenario, but I'd rather keep, be honest. Um, I'd, I'd rather let Mosley walk than cut him. But anyway, um, I'd like to know your thoughts, Rich, of Michael LaFleur, the rumours going around that Michael LaFleur is going to get the bullet and they're going to bring in uh, that guy. Well, I said it the last three years. He shouldn't like Robert Salah when he was hired. He shouldn't have hired rookie a rookie defensive coordinator, a rookie uh, offensive coordinator. He should have and bringing in a rookie quarterback high in the draft, pick to Zach Wilson. He should have went with a a veteran offensive coordinator. That's why I look at. Guy that's been around the block that knows how to handle quarterbacks. Yeah, I'm trying to agree with you there. I think uh, the combination of a young quarterback and uh, a guy kind of new to doing the job isn't the best recipe for success. But that's kind of the way they went. You know, like we're kind of looking at it from a perspective, like, do you know what I mean? That they need to sort of have this guy playing to the best of his ability when we're not ready to win a Super Bowl. That, that's technically not the case. Like, you know, like the, the rookie offensive coordinator can learn a lot of things in two years and be a different guy for year three and four when your team could be peaking, you know, and when you need somebody new and effective and have got a few different things up their sleeves and all the mistakes are out of the way. Um in terms of, um, I would keep them. You know, like, I, I don't actually think, like, everybody's looking to apportion blame at, for what I feel are people that it's not their fault. It's not the quarterback's fault. It's not the, the offensive coordinator's fault. It's not Robert Salah's fault. It's Joe Douglas's fault in a way that because the O-line isn't good enough. And... Even for offensive coordinator, you can't like your plays aren't going to look great if you can't get them off because your quarterbacks on on the ground, you know, or uh, your O line can't open up a hole for your running back to go through. It's very hard to look good as a play caller when your plays are getting blown up at constant times. There's been plenty of good little plays, gadget plays, creative plays that I witnessed in wins this year. You know, like, and that's kind of what we, in a way, we should be judging him. Is I get the losses and stuff like that. We, we can see what he can't do, but when you look at what he can do, and if you actually think we can get more of those games than the bad ones, which with a better roll line, I think would be the case. Well, then he's not a really bad offensive coordinator, regardless of his, his experience. Yeah, the the whole mesh with, with Wilson wasn't right. You know, I think they needed to bring in maybe a really experienced QB coach. We didn't really have one. Um, I recall, like, he obviously passed away. The guy who was going to be sort of dealing with that part of the roster, and he hasn't been replaced. Uh, I think Robert Salah realises himself as a head coach that that was a real issue, and he's looking to bring in a bit more experienced help there at that part of it. This, this, I suppose, the coaching staff. So we're keeping the floor, bringing an experienced guy to kind of bring Wilson along. 
I, I honestly think it's all going to be fi- fine. I think that there's a lot of overreaction to how the season ended and how the, the offense was. Again, like you start dominating in the trenches and all those guys that look bad will look a lot better. Then we can judge, is he the right guy, is he not? I, I say that for the quarterback. I say that for the head coach, the GM and the offensive coordinator. It's only when you see their full plan in place can you really go, right, they're the guys or they're not the guys. You know, and again, because we've been so far behind in talent levels and we're gradually building it up, we're not there yet. You know, but fans kind of are judging like we're supposed to be and we are there. You know, there's a lot more growth to go for everybody and nobody's done, including the offensive coordinator. I think I'd keep him, you know. The only way I'd keep him if McFlor at the moment is if they brought in a top veteran, um, top veteran quarterbacks coach, even an offensive coordinator that's been around the block that's brought uh, quarterbacks through and knows what they're doing. To play quarterback um, coach. That's what I like. That's the only way I see it if it works. But the rumors are that Woody wants rid of him. And if he wants rid of him, he's going to have to get rid of the quarterback's coach because he's done absolutely, he's been useless this year. And again, this is another sort of problem I have with, is the owner interfering in, in Robert Salah's decision. Yeah. You know, that that's a decision for him who his coaching staff is, not a decision for the owner. And if that is the case, I hope Robert Sal is strong enough to, to then say, well, then for me too. Because that, for me, from your head coach, it shows that he's not the guy to, to do the things with the team. You need to have integrity and a backbone. And yeah, you can understand the mistakes you make, and if if he wasn't making an effort to fix it, then I can kind of agree with that line of thinking. But then that would be obviously a head coach issue. If he's acknowledging the issues that we may have and is looking to add a bit of experience. Like for me, like I think a guy like Nav Turner, because I always think Nav Turner's really great for young quarterbacks, getting him into the building like for, for a year with both White and Wilson. You know, like I, I suppose it's just more that interference from ownership like you should be building a roster to win a Super Bowl not please your owner I know you kind of have to do two jobs at the same time but sometimes going against the owner and what he wants gets you closer to a Super Bowl sometimes going against the fans and what they want gets you closer to a Super Bowl if you're trying to please everybody you're not going to be able to do the job that's the way I kind of feel. So I'd hate to see that there'd be more owner interference. If if Salah chooses to let them go, that I'm fine with that. If it's a decision from the owner, I'm not. Yeah. I understand where you're coming from. Um, but there ha- something has, something's going to have to change because you can't go into next season or go into the off-season with Zach Wilson there and the same guys around him, coaching-wise. Like it's either going to have to be a veteran guy that's been around the block and knows what he's doing at quarterback coach position, or like that a guy that knows what he's doing, a veteran, um, 
offensive coordinator. It's either it's going to have to be one or the other is going to have to change in my eyes. Yeah, I, for me, what I think needs to change is the overreaction. You know, like uh, as like we listed kind of all the things that we improved on this year. We look like a far better team. The offense is certainly holding us back. But you kind of have to keep trusting like Robert Sala and Joe Douglas because every year, uh, like, yeah, we we may feel disappointed better, but we can see the progress we're making, you know. And when we stop seeing that, then we can kind of have a bit more of a, these type of discussions. But you can't really, like, you know, like they're doing the job in gradual stages. And they, for me, they feel like, they're on course and on target to get to their, their end destination in two years' time. So, you know, we, we either stay the course, like these knee-jerk reactions haven't done us any good for the, the years. Either acknowledge that we're, we're right on track. Yeah, the fans may not be happy, the owner may not be happy, but in terms of development as the roster and the skill level on it, we're light years away, like ahead of where we were two years ago. And that's as much down to the head coach and the offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator as Joe Douglas as well. You know, like, it's not down to the fans and it's not down to the owner, that's for sure. Well, like you you mentioned there, there's been progress. Like, you look at the Jets, when Salah came in and Joe Douglas together, um, Jets had two wins. First season. Second season, four wins. Third season, seven wins. So the arrow's pointing up. They're going in the right direction. It's just, um, like, as I said earlier on, they've been very unlucky with the offensive line because, like, Beckham went down in the offseason. You had um, Tomlinson was supposed to come in and be the guy uh, at right guard. AVT went down. Uh Third way through the season, you've got Fant who's in and out with injuries. Um, so the Jets, the offensive line has been an unlucky. Like you've got even Max Williams, he went down twice during the season. So yeah. Yeah. the Jets have been un- unlucky in the offensive line, but from here on in, they're going to have to start bringing in some dogs on the offensive line in the draft. Like, for me, if, if, if to go in first round and grab a tackle, go in the second round, grab the top center, like that's going to go far with the Jets. Uh, just one final question for me, me Ian. Uh, the seven teams that are uh, in the playoffs on, on the AFC side, uh, Patrick Mahomes is the oldest quarterback of the lot. Uh, the whole sort of premise for me of bringing in a vet quarterback, somebody more expensive than all those guys who are our competition to me leaves us four to behind. Uh, I just would be kind of wondering what your thoughts if you could bring somebody like Baker Mayfield here cheap. You know, like and have White back as like, let's just say for example, Wilson White and Mayfield and let Wilson sit and White and Mayfield battle it out and you know, like See if uh, a, 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 a cheap Mayfield can do for us in a way with a better O line what Geno Smith did for the Seattle Seahawks this year. Um, to be honest, Rich, to the lads earlier on, I can't stand Baker Mayfield. 
I'd rather he wasn't in, in near the Jets uh, locker room. Um, like, I'd rather bring back Sam, Sam Darnold because at least he's a good guy and the Jets know him. And I think he would suit that offense, uh, the offense. And he's a bigger guy. Um, like I'm looking at some of the top guys there that are hit free agency, like Tom Brady. Not hope. Baker Mayfield, you just mentioned, I mentioned Sam. If Jimmy G knows the offense. Too expensive. Too expensive. If Teddy Bridgewater, I, I wouldn't go Check near. the cap hits of the six teams, uh, or the six teams in the playoffs this year, what they're paying the quarterbacks. We're kind of equal with them at the minute. We go to Jimmy G, we're, we're falling behind. Yeah, uh, you know, if we pay more money than what we're paying, we need to just kind of wait till all of those young guys that, that are in the playoff now get paid. And then when we have our young guy remaining, we become one of those teams. Yeah. Uh, another one is uh, he won't he won't see free agency. Daniel Jones. Um, Jacoby Brissett. I'd rather not. Geno Smith's not getting over Seattle. Uh, Andy Dalton is washed up. Uh, and the other name is Derek Carr. Derek Carr is on the trading block. And the thing is with the Raiders, the Raiders have three days to trade Derek Carr after the Super Bowl or else they'll own $40 million next season. Come on, right? He's got a no trade uh, thing in his contract. So, what's your thoughts on Derek Carr just before we go? Again, too old, too expensive pass. You know, like that's not a formula for success. <laughs> so, you know, like the AFC playoffs has shown you the formula for success, for success in the NFL a young, cheap, expensive quarterback and a good team around them. Right. We're almost there. You know, we are kind of missing the good quarterback, but that young quarterback still has another year before ready to be one of those teams, you know, and them teams are going to start paying their quarterbacks. We'll be far closer and far higher up that list. Fine. Bring back Sam Darnold on the cheap. And to me, if he comes back cheap, he'd be a good move. One year deal, right? That's what I do. All right, guys. Yeah, it's wait up. We're just going to finish up now because we're running out of time. So it's long for me, lads. It's long for me. Sports Social Podcast Network.